Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I'm so grateful to be back before you guys yet another day. I pray that God has been doing some marvelous things in your lives and that he continues to bless you, continues to um, make sure that you're prosperous. And even if you don't have everything that you want, God is sure enough, make sure that we have everything that we need. So I'm grateful to God to be back before you guys another week and I've um, just been spending some extra time with God throughout this week and kind of just staying off of social media. Um, so if you haven't really seen me, those who follow me, who haven't really seen me on social media, that's because I haven't been on it. Um, just to get my mind focused with God. So I'm grateful to God for everything that he's doing and just that extra time that I had with him. Um, I do, before we get into tonight's topic it's a few things that I wanted to talk about of course about what we talked about um the previous um time that I actually taught and then also what we uh did last week as far as our podcast concerned um but before I do that as you can see I have my eye voted I don't know if you really can see it to me it's kind of small but um because I just be looking at other people's stickers it's like man like theirs is dope but I mean hey I got a sticker I know I voted and I'm just grateful for that. So um, I pray that everybody went out and activated and used their right to vote and use their right to vote and did not allow anybody to convince them that their vote does not matter. So I pray that everybody activated their right to vote. It's, um, and I believe the polls are closing tonight at 8 p.m. So if you did not vote, there is still time. There is still time. I'm not sure how long the lines are because when I went, Lord have mercy, the lines, I mean, the wait was to me average. You know, we, we waited it a good, like a little over an hour, about an almost hour and a half. Um, but it was worth it. It was worth it to know that our vote counts to know that if we want change, we have to use the right to vote. And that's kind of relative to what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, talking about the power of prayer, getting a little ahead of myself, but talking about the power of prayer and knowing that if you want change, you have to not only pray, but you have to have faith and faith without works is dead. So that's what a, a natural sense of what voting is, is that if we want change, if we're not happy, what's happening in the White House, if we're not happening, what's happening in our cities and our states, then activate your right to vote. So I pray that you had a chance to do that with your loved ones. There's so many people that went out with their loved ones, with their friends, and they and they did that. And that was really hard. It was heartwarming to see that people actually the numbers increased from the last time that the um the president for the presidential presidential election. So I'm grateful for that as well. Um, the other thing that I just wanted to quick uh my little sister. She's not so little anymore. Today is my little sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Lexus. Happy birthday, Lex. I love her so much. She turned 23 today. Spent some time with her and my mom this um, earlier today. And if she gets a chance to watch, you know that I did a shout out on the podcast. So I'm grateful for her and everything that God is doing in her life and continues to do in her life. Um, I'm just a proud big sister of both of my siblings, but today is Lexa's day. So I pray that she sees this and knows that I love her and that I care and that everybody wish my little sister a happy, happy birthday. Love you. Love you, Lexi. I'll see you soon. All right, guys. So 
now that we got all the wonderful announcements out of the way, let's get to the word. Let's get to the word. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Welcome, everybody. I see Melissa watching. My mom is watching. And I know some people may not be watching right now because they're probably out voting. Hey, so um, so God be the glory. That's the wonderful thing about replays is that, you know, when people are able to tune in, they can watch it during it. But I'm going to do God's perfect will tonight. So let's continue. and. Um, let's say a word of prayer and we can get into tonight's topic. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Father God, for your love. I thank you, God, for your strength, your power, your might, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God, for just saturating this place, Father. God, I thank you, Father God, that whatever it is you desire to do, let it be done in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father God, for just the Father God filling me up, God, until I overflow. God, I thank you, God, that you would take control, God, that, that I would decrease, God, and you would increase in my life, Father God, that every word that I speak, God, comes from you, God. Everything that I do, God, comes from you in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against distractions. I come against everything that is not like you in the mighty name of Jesus that would try to interrupt, God, your perfect will from being done. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Move how you want to move. God, is to you, I give glory. So you, I give honor. And so you, I give praise. May somebody's life be changed and may somebody never be the same again. In Jesus' awesome name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for watching. Pray that you had it. And for those of you that just tuned in, I pray that you've had a wonderful day and that everybody went out and voted. And thank you for wishing, wishing my little sister happy birthday. Um, so um, before we get into tonight's topic, let's just go over. Um, last week, we um, had a podcast with our highlight for October 2020. And um, that was Larnette Alberry. And it was such a great interview. Um, she is a breast cancer activist and survivor. And I had her on. So if you missed last, last week's podcast, make sure you go to I Am In Perfectly Perfect Facebook page and you can see it. And um, you can also listen to it um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Um, and then before... Um, that when I spoke, when I was teaching, um, the last topic that we were going over was don't settle, was don't settle. And what God laid on my heart um, is to talk about um, how to keep away from settling for less, how to keep away from settling for less. So some some points that we talked about is uh, making sure that we're not comparing ourselves to other people, to make sure that we're not compromising our morals, to make sure that we keep focus on God, to make sure that um, that whatever it is that, that we keep prayerful, that we're fasting and we're praying and making sure that God is strengthening our bodies for the journey. So those are just a few things that I talked about during that particular podcast. And again, if you want to see that podcast, you can go on the Facebook page and I'll have all of that social media um, listed um, below later on in the podcast and also the, um, the podcast platforms so that you can listen to it as well. Um, but as far as tonight, let's get into tonight's topic, which I'm so excited. It's kind of in conjunction with what we talked about previously with um, Don't Settle um, as, as we continue to listen and just see how things are connecting. And I'm just I love it when um, when God shares and, and is bringing to light certain things in our lives. And then everything is like week after week. It's just like, everything is like connecting the dots and you say, okay, God, I see why you prepared me for this, for um, prepared me for this in this week. And then prepared me for this, you know, it, it helped bring me so that I can be ready for whatever it is that this week entails. So I'm excited for the fact that our topic 
um, our topic tonight is the power of prayer. It is the power of prayer. I'm so excited to talk about this because especially when we're talking about don't settle is that it's important that we have a prayer life. When we're talking about don't settle, it's important that we have a prayer life because the enemy would try you. He would try you, especially when you've been believing God, especially when you've been believing that um, God's promises are because God's promises are yes and amen. That's first and foremost. But sometimes it gets a little hard. It gets a little hard when you've been waiting for a while. It gets a little hard when you see everybody's being blessed but you. And, you know, it, it, it sometimes gets troubling in your spirit and in, in your mind state. And the enemy likes to plant negative thoughts into our mind. But there is power in prayer. There is power when it comes to prayer. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, because even though we talked about don't settle, we need to know a little bit more about the power of prayer. And even seeing as we go further in this podcast, seeing some examples in the word of God of people who truly had exercised the power of prayer, the power of prayer. So with all of that being said, hello, Laura. Hi, Kim. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So let's get into um, tonight's uh, topic, the power of prayer. And the first um, word that I wanted to break down tonight is, you know, guys, that I'm big on definitions and making sure that we have an understanding of God's word. So the first word that I have is power. And the word power um, in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it means to move with great speed or force to move with great speed or force. So you think about power and the fact that is, you know, you're moving with, with speed, with force. And it says, it doesn't just say speed or force, it says great speed or force. So that means that it goes beyond our expectation. It goes beyond um, what, we, um, what we would think it would be because it's great. It's great, great speed, great force, meaning that something, nothing else can top it. Meaning that nothing else can stop it. So we're thinking about the power of prayer. We're thinking about how powerful God is. How powerful God is. God is omnipotent. How powerful. He's mighty. He's he's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. God is our healer. God is our rainmaker. God is our deliverer. God is everything to us and more. So when talking about the power of prayer, that means that when we pray, when we activate our faith through prayer, God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. I keep getting ahead of myself, but I'm just excited about breaking down this word. But we'll get back to some of the things that I mentioned later on. So again, power means to move with great speed or force. For as far as power in the Greek, and I'm not really big on, you know, using the Greek words and everything, but, you know, God decided to take me take me this route. So the Greek word for power is dunamis, which means strength, power, ability. And it can also be translated as mighty works or miraculous works. And um, I thought it was interesting that God took me this route because besides the Merriam-Webster's dictionary and actually seeing how in my pastor Tracy, she broke this down um, before talking about power. And talking about how dunamis is relative to dynamite. I mean, think about dynamite. You think about explosion. You think about something that just causes things to change, causes, you know, a rapid, a rapid change. So dunamis is relative to dynamite. So talking about mighty works, talking about miraculous works, things that can be done 
without God. Things that if you tried to do it on your own, you would fail. That if we try to do it on our own, it fails. So it, it requires, it requires God. It requires um, the power of God. It requires um, the miracles of God. But we have to, because God is already powerful. God is already just, God is already capable to do anything um, that he desires to do. But he's waiting for us to believe. He's waiting for us to activate our faith. He's waiting for us to pray, to see if first and foremost, if we really want it. If we are really, if we really want it, and then number two, to see how bad we want it and see if we actually believe that it's going to happen. Because it's one thing to, to, to actually want something, but it's another thing to actually believe that it's going, that God is going to do it for us. It's one thing to actually want something and pray to God for him to do it. But it's another thing. To actually believe that God will actually do it for us and that it will come to pass. So again, Greek word for power is dunamis, which means strength, power, ability, and also be translated as mighty works or miraculous works. So what does prayer mean? We broke down power and we need to know what prayer means. So prayer is a petition or in other words, a request made known to God. A request made known to God. So it's not, it's not us going to God and treating him like a genie and just taking the lamp and just rubbing it, you know, rubbing the lamp um, and just saying, Lord, I need you to do this. And then like he just does it. It's it's and I'm huh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm trying to hold my mule. I'm trying to hold my mule because we're gonna get we're gonna break down the equation of the power of prayer. But let me just continue on with prayer. So a petition, a request made known to God. Or simply is a conversation with God. Because sometimes when people talk about prayer, they make it seem like you got to be speaking in tongues. Well, I'm not saying, don't misconstrue my words. Don't, you know, say that trainee said anything. You know, yes, the power of speaking in tongues is necessary. It is necessary. But there are other times, and what I'm trying to get to is that it doesn't, when sometimes we talk to God, it doesn't always require you to always be on your knees or prostrate because what I love also, um, one time, um, the topic of the postures of prayer that Pastor uh, Tracy had uh, talked about, and I think it was like eight postures of prayer. So sometimes you may stand, sometimes you may lay prostrate, sometimes you may be on your knees, sometimes you may bow to God, sometimes, you know, you may sit with God. So there's different ways about going praying to God. And sometimes when I'm in my prayer time and I pray um, early in the morning, <laughs> I pray early in the morning. Um, I used to pray at four and, you know, like between four and five as I pray in the morning. And sometimes when I go to God in prayer, depending on the magnitude of what's uh, needed and depending on um, what God requires for me in that moment. Sometimes I may, when I, I feel like when I sit with God, that means that it's more of a, a com, it's more of a combo because it's just like, all right, God, you know, I just want to see how you're doing today. I just want to, you know, worship you. And a lot of times when I sit with God, that's when I just have like a time of worship where, you know, I may play some worship music and then I'm just singing whatever, you know, the, the song that I'm playing. And then sometimes God would have me to, to put on instrumental, 
instrumental music and then I'll just sing whatever song God places on my heart. So that's that intimate time where I'm just simply having a conversation with him. And then there's other times where, listen, there's sometimes where it requires for me to go in. Like it requires for me to go hard and so I'm walking. I might be pacing back and forth because I'm like, listen, the devil hurt my family or he's attacking um, different people in the world. And all of this craziness might be happening when police brutality started, started, started up and when coronavirus started up. No, that ain't time for me to just be sitting here like, uh, like, let me know that requires for me to be going hard in prayer and saying, no, God, I need you to do this. I need for change to take place. So it's different. Um, times and different ways that you can go about praying to God. But you, and as you build your relationship with Him, you will you will feel the urgency and you will feel um, God pulling you in certain directions. So don't feel like, oh well, I'm not sure if I can pray like that. Listen, it comes with time, and it, and I'm not saying I'm not mentioning time, saying that it's going to require a lot of years. I'm saying that if you are fervent, if you are consistent, if you have a desire to know God, it does not take a long time to know God. If you are consistent saying, Lord God, and you're allowing him to, to prune you and you're allowing him to, to make you whole and you allow him to take some things out of your life and fill you back up with more of him, God will speed up the process, especially in these last days. God is doing things quickly. Why? Because God is removing time out of the equation. So whereas in, in um, olden times where it was Abraham and Isaac and a lot of times, and I'm not saying that we we don't, uh, there are not things we still have to wait a long time for. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of things that God will do at a rapid pace. Why? Because time is being removed out of the equation. And as long as we are faithful, as long as we trust in him, as long as we are being obedient to him, God is saying, all right, well, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And he's going to see he was ready and available to be used for his glory. Because the agenda of God and the agenda that we need to have that God placed in our heart is for help advance the kingdom of God by drawing more souls to the body of Christ. Because before Jesus Christ comes back for the church, comes back for the saints, God wants to make sure that there are many more people that know about Jesus Christ. That many people are saved. So whatever, and that requires rapid time for time to be moved out of the equation. So we talked about prayer a petition, a request, a made known to God, a conversation with God. And the thing is about the power of prayer is that the power of prayer is used to bring forth change in two different ways. It brings forth change for ourselves, our personal desires, or it's used to bring change for other people, either for ourselves or for other people. And sometimes, and it's not, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to pray for yourself. Um, but I, I believe because the word of God talks about that we should love others as we love ourselves. So that means that we should not be praying all the time about what I, 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 I want. We should not always be doing that. There are times where it's okay to go to God saying, Lord, I need, you know, I need my son for finances and you can help me in this area. But I feel what I believe is that even when we're praying for things for ourselves, is that whatever we're praying for ourselves, it needs to be beneficial to be a blessing to other people. 
So if you're praying for a car for yourself, that if God tells you to use that car to help, you know, lend a hand to somebody to help um, if you see somebody on the street and or somebody that you know and they had the bus stop and you see they need a ride, that you're not being stingy with it, that you're not worrying about, um, oh, well, you live across town, so I can't take you. You live in North Philly and I live in, in South Philly, so no, nah, I can't take you. First of all, God gave you the car. So who are we if God is leading for us to be a blessing to them and to and to lend a helping hand to somebody? Who are we to be selfish with the gifts that God has given us, with the blessing that God has given us? And that's what I'm saying is that when we are praying for things for ourselves, we need to have the intention that God, God, I'm praying for this for me. But God, whatever you have to, to uh, for me to do with this blessing, God, so be it. Because I know just as quickly as you gave it to me, it is just as quickly as it can be taken away. So we can't be selfish with the blessings of God that God has given us. We cannot be selfish with that. So again, the power of prayer, the power of prayer is to bring forth change for either for ourselves or for others or for others. So what I was so anxious about getting to... (laughs) I was just giving you guys, you know, all all the goodness already, but to God be the glory. Um, What I want to talk about is that is the equation, equation for the power of prayer. And it blew my mind when God shared this with me in my study time is that the power of prayer, equation for the power of prayer is prayer plus faith plus God's will equals change. Or in other words, miraculous works. Prayer plus faith plus God's will equals change. In order for us to see change, in order for us to see God's miraculous works being done in our lives, we can't skip anything. We can't, I know I talked about before when I was talking about how sometimes we like to skip steps. Sometimes we like to leave things out and just, you know, do things any old kind of way. And God is like, no, you can't, you can't be leaving things out because you're going to find yourself looking crazy. So you can pray and it can be God's will. But if you don't have faith, then change won't take place. You can have faith and it be God's will. But if you don't pray about it, then it won't get done. So you have to have these three things in order for change to take place, in order for change to take place. Because when you have faith and it be God's will, but you didn't pray about it, God wants to know, God wants to see that you're actually speaking it out of your mouth, that you're actually saying it, saying, Lord God, I believe I believe, God, that you said in your word that you said you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. So, God, I thank you, Father God, that every bill is paid. I thank you, God, that every need is met. And, God, I thank you, Father God, that because you met and when you meet all of my needs, Father, I thank you, God, that um, you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ever ask or think. And, God, I believe that, Father God, that as you bless me, God, I will be blessed to be a blessing to other people. 
keeping keeping yourself humble, keeping yourself before God, being the God living sacrifice before God, making sure that whatever God gives you, that you're not holding it so tight that if God tells you to give it up, you're holding on it so tight and, and God is saying, no, this is not for you to just be holding it for yourself. If I'm giving it to you, you have to be willing to give it up. You have to be willing to give it up. Especially if God is saying he has better in store for you. Because whatever God has given you in this season, he, he probably got something way better for you in the next season. Because you're so eager to hold on to, to this current blessing, God can bless you with more. Because that's good for this season. But what God has for you in the next season requires more. Right? It requires for you to, to have more. So you can't keep yourself in a box and you definitely can't keep God in a box. Definitely can't keep God in a box. So again, the equation for the power of prayer is prayer plus faith plus God's will equals, equals change miraculous works. We want to see miraculous works happen. Listen, there were so many miracle signs and wonders that took place in the Old Testament. And I believe. I believe that God is still doing miracles. But if we don't activate our faith, if we don't have a consistent prayer life, then God's will will not be done. And change will not take place. So let's go to James chapter 5, verse 16 in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> and it says, Therefore, Confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your or your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, believer, is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. My God. So again, I love, and it says the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, persistent, being consistent, always, always praying, always never giving up that whatever you believe God will do, whatever believe you know that God's promises um, are for your life, whatever you believe that God confirmed to happen in your life, you know, and you're not giving up until you see it come to pass. God, and now not so much as always saying, Lord, I need job, Lord, I need job, Lord, I need job. Start thinking once you already made that petition that request known unto God that you need a job. Start thanking God for the job until you see it happen. Say, Lord God, I thank you, God, for the salary, God. I thank you, God, for the job that is that's going to go above the salary, Father God. That I thank you, Father God, that whatever job that you have for me, Father God, is for me. Start thanking him. Start speaking life to the situation. But you keep saying, Lord, I need, Lord, I need, Lord, I need, Lord, I need. God is saying, I already heard. God is saying, I'm not deaf. And I know what you need. I don't need you to keep saying, I need, I need, I need. And once you made the request, activate your faith. See what it is that God wants you to do. Get the directions that God requires for you. And then actually do the work. And then if it's God's will, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. 
As I said, the heartfelt, heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, believer, is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. Not by man, but by God. It is dynamic. There goes that word. We talked about power. The Greek word for power is dunamis, and that is relative to dynamic. It says it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Tremendous power. That's the power of prayer. The prayers of a, a righteous man availeth much. Glory be to God. So let's go to the next. Let's go to the next scripture. Let's go to Hebrews 11, 1, which is Hebrews 11. If you get a moment, please read the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 because it talks about faith. I did I did this uh, topic before and I just read the whole chapter and God just breaking down. Just, it just talking about the, um, the genealogy of how God was doing miracles, signs and wonders. Um, throughout the and throughout the Old Testament and leading up into Jesus, um, and doing miracle signs and wonders through Jesus Christ. So please take your time. But for now, we're going to read Hebrews eleven, verse one, and we're going to read it from the Amplified, no New King James Version. Excuse me, from New King James Version. And I know some of you are familiar with this with this passage, but hey, it's okay to review. So it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, hmm, it's not when you have faith, that means that you haven't seen it yet. It's easy to believe when something has already come to pass. It's easy to believe when the car is already in your in your driveway. It's easy to believe when you're already making more money than you can ever imagine. It's easy to believe when you when you know where where your food is going to come from. It's easy to believe when your health is in order. But it takes faith to believe when when everything around you is telling you that it's not going to happen. When everything around you is saying, "Girl, you crazy for believing that's going that God is going to bless you with that." You don't even got the criteria. You don't have the degree. You you don't look the part. You don't stand the part. You know what neighborhood you came from. These are all the things that the enemy is saying in our ear, convincing us that what God said He has for us won't come to pass. But we know that God confirmed in our lives. So why are we believing believing the negative um, thoughts? Why are we believing the naysayers? Why are we believing all these people that's trying to come against us? Because we having crazy faith. And just another plug in. If you haven't seen, and this is a series that Pastor Michael Todd did a while back called Crazy Faith. You talk about faith? Listen, please go. Go to Pastor Michael Ty, because I'm not no one to just be like, oh, just listen to me. First of all, I don't have a head on table. I'm just a servant of God, and I'm just Trey. So let's just put that out there, first and foremost. So listen, I will lead you to my pastors, Pastor Charles and Pastor Tracy. I'll lead you to Apostle Ellis. I'll lead you to Pastor Michael Todd. You to um, Joyce Meiser. I'm going to lead you to everybody that I watch and that has been blessing to me, Bishop Jakes, all of those people. So please go watch uh, Pastor Michael Todd's Crazy Faith series. If your faith level doesn't increase from that, my God, you need to do a, a heart check on your heart to realize what it is. Why? Why are you still doubting God? Why are you not believing? 
So make sure you watch that as well. So again, Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Evidence of things not seen. Glory be to God. Yes, Lord. Glory. I'm glad you guys are being blessed so far. Let's go to the next scripture. Hi, Sister Max. Yes, Laura. And mess up. Yes, that that crazy fake. Thank you for putting that plug on there. So for those of you that want to see that, please go watch that. You can go right on to YouTube under Transformation Church. Let's go to the next scripture. Let's go to James. James chapter 2, verse 17 in the Amplified Version. James chapter 2, verse 17 in the Amplified Version. And it says, <clears throat> so too, faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is by itself dead and operative and ineffective. Again, it says, so too, faith, if, and let me just um, read, let me go up to um, verse no, I'm going to stick with 17. So two, faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is by itself dead and operative and ineffective. You can have faith all day. But if you're not doing the work, if God is telling you, okay, you want a job, are you actually applying for jobs? If you don't know how to write a resume, are you going to, to someone to seek help? Is so many programs that are out there, people that you may already know. They can help you write a resume. They can help you write a cover letter. Do you have you started searching, searching the jobs that you that you desire? And then once you once you know in your spirit that this is the job that you want, and this is maybe the company that you want to work for, or maybe you could be called to be an entrepreneur. And you know God is leading the direction. Have you done the homework? Have you went to God and, and say, Lord, what is it that I need to do to make sure this promise is being manifested in my life? You can't just say I want this and not actually put the work in. If you want to be debt free, are you taking the necessary precautions? Not saying, not saying that God is not capable to just you know eliminate the debt right away, but He wants to see if you're faithful. He wants to see if you're going to be diligent with your money. He's going to see. He wants to see if you want to actually save. He wants to see if you want to pay your tithes. Okay, He wants to see if we're going to pay our tithes because it said, "Will a man rob God?" If we don't pay our tithes, that means that we are robbing him because God, we are, our tithes is what we owe to God. Offering is what we sow to him. So tithes is what we owe God. So we can't be stingy when it's stealing from God. When we don't pay our tithes, we are stealing from God. We're stealing from him. That already belongs to God. And the offering is whatever you sow, whatever God leaves for you to sow, and then you will reap the harvest. And it's not already, or it's not always going to be monetary. It may be, you know, through gifts. It may be through resources. It may be through wisdom that you receive it back. So faith again, without works, is dead. We got to put in the work. A lot of times we sitting here praying, 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 and we ain't doing nothing. God, I need you to heal me. But you're not taking that. And it's not saying, 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We sitting here praying for God to heal us from diabetes, but we still not eating right. We sitting here praying that God we be healthy, but we listen, talking to myself too, praying God that, that I have a healthy body, but we're not exercising. We're not taking the necessary precautions to make sure that we're living a healthy life. You can't pray and do the opposite of what you're believing God to do. Faith without works is dead. Whatever you believe in God to do in your life, put in the work. Meet God halfway because God already proven time and time again that all things are possible with God. Matthew 19, 26. All things are possible with God. So God is saying, I want to see how bad you want it. And I need to see if you actually believe that I would do it. That's why faithful without works is dead. Because he needs to see, are we going to put in the work? Or are we just all talk, all talk and no, and no play? God wants to see how bad we want it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. God keeps putting in my spirit. Faith without works. I know that's right. So let's go to, let's go to um, 1 John. Chapter 15, verse 14 through 15. First John, chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. And the NIV version. <clears throat> and it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Again, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. And approaching God, talking about our prayer. Talking about, that's when it comes to, we're talking about the equation again. Prayer plus faith plus God's will brings forth change, miraculous works. So this is the confidence we have when we are praying to God, when we are approaching God, that when we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what he asks, that what we ask of him. So when you ask, when we ask God for something and we know that it's in God's perfect will, why are we doubting God? Why are we doubting God? I'm talking to myself too. Because there's so many times when I've doubted God. There's so many things that times that when God has said that he's going to do something because I've been, it seems like I've been waiting for a long time because I've been seeing if it uh, feels like everybody's getting a blessed besides me. And I'm just like, God, and even, uh, thank you. Holy, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but we're going to talk about some examples of prep power of prayer. And this woman, Hannah, when I read that, oh, um, when I was studying, I was like, listen, I can't relate to her exact story, but some of the principles in that, let's get to that in a second. But whatever we ask in God, when we approach, when we approach God, and we know that He is a keeper, promise keeper, we know that God is a way maker, and we know that God is a healer, He's proven to us time and time again. He's proven to us. It's not, it's not like we come in and do this fresh and, and we we never seen God do miracle signs and wonders. And even, huh, 
even if we haven't personally experienced it for ourselves, first of all, even those who are not saved, the fact that you have breath in your body, the fact that you wake up, the fact that you have food on your table, clothes on your back, the fact that you get able to be in an apartment, be in a house, wherever it is you live, come on. We can't sit up here and say that God has not done anything just because we don't have everything that we want. God, make sure that we have everything we need. Especially when you are working in God's perfect will. When you are in God's perfect will, he'll make sure that you have everything you need. There's no doubt about that. There is no reason why we should ever doubt him. Even while we're waiting. Because there's a reason why we're waiting. That's why we need to go to God and say, Lord, in this waiting season, what is it that you desire for me to do? Is it a season for me to be in preparation? Is it a season where I just need to sit and make sure that um, I'm learning the lessons that I, that I need to sit under somebody? Then I need to make sure that I get a mentor so they can teach me the business plan, so they can teach me how to cook. I need to go back to school. Is it a season I need to go back to school to get my education? What is it I need to do in a season, God, while I'm waiting for your promises to come to pass? Again, faith without works is dead. So waiting doesn't mean that we're just sitting still and not doing nothing. Waiting means that we seek God for instruction because after we prayed about it, now we got to put in the work. Now we got to activate our faith, especially once we get the confirmation that this is God's will and to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not into my own understanding. Acknowledge God and all of his ways and he will direct our path. So if we're saying that we're trusting in God, then we need to trust the fact that even if we don't understand it with our human understanding, know that if we acknowledge him in all of his ways, he will direct our path. He will make our path straight. He'll make it straight. But we got to trust them. We got to believe. We got to stop doubting. We got to stop doubting. That means that we're unstable in our ways. We're unstable in our thinking process. When we doubt God, we can't doubt and trust God at the same time. It doesn't make any sense and it doesn't work at all. It does not work. Glory be to God. Yes, Lord. Certain seasons are not easy, but I must trust in the Lord with all my heart. Amen. Yes, we must trust in God at all times, at all times, even when things seem like it does, it's just going left. And it seems like every time you do something and you go take one foot step and one step, um, it seems like you get knocked two steps backwards. Even in that, go to God and say, Lord, I know you said this is for me. Lord, I know you said this is going to come to pass. So Lord, Show me if there's anything that I'm not doing, if anything that I need to do to make sure that I am in your will, that I'm making sure that I am in the right path. God, show me me because I don't want to get in the way of, of getting my own way. I don't want to get in your way, Father. That's what we need to be talking about when things are not going. The, the, when it seems like everything is just like boom, boom, because then it could just be it's a spiritual war. The enemy doesn't want to see our promises come to pass. The enemy doesn't want to see us succeed. The enemy wasn't, doesn't want to see us continue along and be prosperous. 
and be productive. The enemy doesn't want to see that. So whatever he can do to kill, steal, and destroy, he is going to do in our lives. And that's what we got to go to God and say, Lord, what is it that's blocking? What is it that's getting in the way of your promises being manifested? Is it me or is it the enemy? Show me, Father. Or is it just a means of me just having to wait and do the work? Until until it's time, until it's your timing. So what I want to get into now is examples of the power of prayer. I want to get into the examples of the power of prayer. It's three people that I want to highlight tonight that I believe that would be beneficial for us to understand God's dunamis power, God's dunamis power and the power of prayer. So um, first person that I mentioned um, a little earlier is Hannah. Hannah. Hannah asked God to heal her barrenness and bless her with a son and bless her with a son. And bear with me. I'm going to read first Samuel one. And then I'm going to go into um, chapter two in a few verses over there. But it's a reason why God has me to read the whole chapter. So stay with me. Um, let's go to first Samuel chapter one. It's okay to read. Listen, we need to read more of God's word. And sometimes we get hesitant when God requires for us to read, read more than 10 verses. And we like, wait a minute, God. But I mean, we read books all the time. So why can't we read the greatest book that was ever written, which is God's word? The greatest book. I mean, it has drama. It got like <laughs> it's drama, it has comedy, it has suspense. It got so many things in the word of God. You can read all these other genres. Why can't we read the greatest book that was ever written? That's just a sidebar. So um, first um, Samuel, Samuel chapter one. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And it says, it's Elkanah and his wives. There was a certain man of Ram Ramatham, Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, named Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, excuse me, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraimite. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other named Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. This man went up from his city each year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of the sacrificial meat to Penina, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he loved Hannah, but the Lord had given her no children. I want to pause right here because, oh, let me, no, let me keep going. Verse six says, Hannah's rival provoked her bitterly to irrit irritate and embarrass her because the Lord had left her childless. So it, it happened year after year. Whenever she went up to the house of the Lord, Panina provoked her. So she wept and would not eat. My God. So I want to pause right here. Going back to verse uh, five, talking about, but to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he loved Hannah, but the Lord had given her no children. The thing is about this that stuck out to me is that Elkanah, okay, he gave certain portions to Penina, his wife who had children, but he was, he gave a double portion 
They have a double portion to Hannah. However, Hannah was not persuaded by this because desire of her heart was for her to have a son. It was for her to have a son. And she, and sometimes there are things we can have in our lives that, yes, and I can attest for this because it seems, especially in the season where when I was laid off, and I'll just use this as, as, as a quick testimony, when I was laid off, um, you know, as, as a lot of people were laid off in the season, and I've been working since I was the age of 16, and it seems like throughout my life that finances has always been a roller coaster, always been a roller coaster in my life, and when I was laid off, it it took a dagger to my heart because it, it wasn't something that I did because I, and I'm not just, I'm not bragging, but on all the jobs that I've had, I've been um, an exceptional worker. Um, Always got compliments on um, my diligence, on um, the way I work and just being faithful and doing the work that's necessary. And so I was like, ah, well, how do I do this and how I'm going to do that? And um, I love I love the work. And because I feel like if I'm not working, I feel like I'm not doing anything. I feel like I'm not being productive. And um, but all throughout the season, God has made sure I have everything I need. He's done exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ever ask or think. I was able to save money. I was able to be a blessing to other people and so into other people's lives. But even with that, and I was even have more time to work on things that God required for me to do that I couldn't get done because of the job that I was working on. Um, and just being more available to be used for his glories, which is always my desire and to, to have a position that didn't get in the way for me doing God's work. Um, so the fact that, and I've already was praying that, you know, that God would make a way for me to be separated from that job. Um, so that, because it was getting in the way of me being available to be used by God. Um, but once it was, it was like, God was like, all right, you're, let me just take this away. Because like, for one, I wasn't going to leave until, um, until something else came. And that's naturally most people do. They're not just going to leave something and they don't have, you know, something to replace it. But um, with all that being said, um, even with God blessing me and making sure that all my needs were met, making sure that I was able to save, making sure that I was able to be a blessing. I still had a desire for a new job. I still had a new desire for God to, to bless me because I know what he said. I know what certain salary I was going to make. I know that it was um, certain that he was taking me to a new level. I wasn't. And even though um, I had a certain desire to work in a certain field in graphic design, but God decided to take me a different route. I, I knew that I, I wanted, you know, to do whatever God led me to do. And I was like, okay, God, like, I know you're blessing me, but even with the double portion, just like Hannah, even with the double portion, it was like, it's something more. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm grateful. God, I'm, I'm using this and I'm being blessing. Whatever you told me to do with this blessing, I'm going to do it. But it, it did not, I was not, I would say this. I wasn't satisfied with just being just stuck there. Like, I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm good with what you have for me, but God, I know it's more. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep thanking you because I know it's going to come to pass. I'm not going to say that it was easy because there was times and moments where the enemy will play with my mind as he do, um, does a lot of people, especially when 
you believe in God and, and nothing's been happening and it seems like everybody else is getting it because Panina had children, but Hannah didn't. But she had desire to be a mother. She had desire to have her son. And her husband, Elkanah, blessed her double portion, but she was like, I still want a son. She said, I still want a son. So in verse, um, in verse eight, it says, then Elkanah, her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you cry and why do you not eat? Why are you so sad and discontent? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? So Hannah got up after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his seat and beside the doorpost of the temple tabernacle of the Lord. Hannah was greatly distressed and she prayed to the Lord and wept and wept in anguish. She made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts. If you will indeed look on the affliction, suffering of your maidservant and remember and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never touch his head. Now what happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. Excuse me. Hannah was speaking in her heart mind. Only her lips were moving and her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Eli said to her, how long would you make yourself drunk? Get rid of your wine. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman with a despairing spirit. I have not been drinking wine or any intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your maidservant as a wicked and worthless woman, for I have spoken until now out of my great concern and bitter um, provocation. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition. There goes the word petition, which is request made known unto God that you have asked of him. Hannah said, let your maidservant find grace and favor in your sight. So the woman went on her way and ate. And her face was no longer sad. So once she made, when she cried unto God, I'm going to continue reading, reading in a second. But once she cried unto God and she made her petition known to him, she was just like, Lord, I just believe. I just believe that by me making this petition known unto you, I'm just going to believe that it's going to come to pass. I'm going to believe it. Because I know, God, that you heard me. I know this in your perfect will. So whatever it is I need to do, God, let it be done. So in verse 19, so Samuel was born to Hannah. The family got up early the next morning, worshiped before the Lord, and returned to their home in Ramah. Elkanah knew, knew Hannah, his wife, and knew means in this context, mean he had sex with his wife. So Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her prayer. God remembered her prayer. It came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord, my God. Then the man Elkanah and all his household went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up for she had to, for, for she had for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned and then I will bring him so that he may appear before the Lord and remain there as long as he lives. Because remember, Hannah said, Lord, if you give me a son, God, I'll give him to you and he will serve you for the, all of his life. 
So she remembered what she promised. You know, sometimes, <laughs> Lord help us. You know, sometimes like you have done, anybody have done something in their lives and let's just use this for instance. In, in your past life, not past life, like, okay, you lived before. In your in your um, your um, life before you were saved. Yes, in your life before you were saved and you may have gotten drunk, right? And you say, Lord, if you can just make me sober, I'll make sure that I give my life back to you. And then after you sober up, you still going back out partying. You still going back out doing whatever you want to do. You still lying. You still sleeping around. You still um, um, stealing. You still doing all these things that is not in God's will. So <laughs> just comparing it to this is like how some people, they say, Lord, if you do this for me, then I'll do this. And they don't keep their word. But Hannah said, Lord, you bless me with my son, Samuel. And God, and I said that if you bless me with my son, that God, I will make sure that he serves you for all of his days. I will give him unto you. So she said, and um, again, in verse 22 says, but Hannah did not go up for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned and then I will bring him, bring him so that he may appear before the Lord and remain there as long as he lives. Elkanah, her husband said to her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. And weaned is basically meaning that um, he was breastfed. So meaning that once he stops breastfeeding, then she'll give him to God. Only, and it says again in verse, um, continuing in verse 23, it says, only may the Lord establish and confirm his word. So the woman remained behind and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a leather bottle of wine to pour over the burnt offering for a sweet fragrance. And she brought Samuel to the Lord's house in Shiloh, although the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. Hannah said, oh, my Lord, as surely as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood beside you here, praying to the Lord for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my request, which I asked of him. Therefore, I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and they worship the Lord there. My God, she remembered her petition she made known to God. She remembered what she said when she, when she made her request known unto God, and she kept her word, and she made a sacrifice, and she put, uh, um, took Samuel up and said, Lord, as long as I live... <coughs> As long as I live, Father God, Samuel will serve you for all of his life. She made sure that she kept her word. So let's go to chapter two so we can see a little, it's a little bit more of what, how God blessed Hannah for her faithfulness and blessed Hannah for her keeping her word. Let's go to chapter, uh, for again, first Samuel chapter two, but we're going to read um, verse 18 through 21 in the Amplified Version. Samuel before the Lord as a boy. It says, now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a child dressed in a linen ephod, a sacred item of priestly clothing. Moreover, his mother would make him a little robe and would bring it up to him each year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. 
Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, may the Lord, mm, Jesus, may the Lord give you children by this woman in place of the one she asked for, which was dedicated to the Lord. Then they will return to their own home. Ah. So Eli would pray, pray over. He prayed over Hannah and Elkanah and say, may God bless you with more children to replace the one that you dedicated to the Lord. Because remember, Hannah prayed for Samuel, but Samuel did not belong to her for she dedicated him to God. But she was okay with that because she just wanted to have a son. But Eli prayed, prayed over them that she would have more children. Hannah just wanted to be healed from her barrenness. Hannah just wanted to have, even she was okay with just having one child. She was okay with that. Hannah was okay with that. But continuing to verse 21, it says, And the time came when the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. My God. So God not only blessed Hannah with, with Samuel, but he also blessed her to have three more sons and two daughters. So she had six children. Hannah did not ask for those for the other five children. She asked to have a son, one son. But God said, you know what? Because you kept your word, because you were faithful, because you trusted me, because you didn't turn your back on me, because even when it looked silly, even when Panina was laughing at you, which was um, Elkanah's other wife, even when she was laughing at you, even when she was saying you're crazy for believing that God will heal you for your barrenness, and she was throwing the fact that she had children and Hannah didn't, and she kept throwing it in her face. You still hold the, you still held your faith. You still, you prayed unto me. You cried unto me. And I heard your cry. I heard your tears. I saw your tears. And because you kept your word, because you did not allow it to, to take away your, to take away your faith in me. I'm blessing you with more, more than you asked for more, more than what you, than what you cried unto me for. I'm blessing you with that. To God be the glory. And the scripture I want to go to that can add that will add to this and explain this even more is one of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21 in the Amplified Version. Let's go there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Through 21 in the Amplified Version, it says, Now to him who was able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So God is saying to us, he said, huh, carry out his purpose. Now unto him, he's talking about God, who was able to carry out his purpose and do it super abundantly, more than we can ever dare ask or think about Jesus. 
Our hopes go beyond our greatest prayers, our hopes and our dreams. And I pray, I say, you know what? I'm giving you more than what you're bugging for. I'm going to give you a double portion. Just like, and that was just an example. And God was just using Elkanah as an example of how God was going to bless her, double for her portion, for her servanthood, for her faithfulness. So that uh, going back to that double portion is like God will give you double portion when you believe, when you trust in him, when you keep, when you, when you blessing, you're, you're using what you have to be a blessing to others. You may not have much, but you're using what you have. You're using your gifts. You're using your time. Even if you might not have the finances, God is saying, are you going to use what I've given you? Are you going to sit here and sulk? Are you going to sit here and just listen? And it's not saying because Hannah did cry because Hannah was, Hannah was, um, was sad. She was sad that she did not have children, and it didn't help that Panina, listen, Panina was irking. How many people got those people that just want to throw things in your face, the fact that you don't have what they have? But if it wasn't for God, they wouldn't have it either. But she, you know, she went to God instead of, instead of her talking bad about Panina, instead of her, you know, uh, doing, doing what Panina did to her, she didn't do that. She went to God and say, Lord, Please hear, hear my cry. See my tears. God, your maidservant. All I want is a son, God. And I will even dedicate him to you. She kept her word. She dedicated him to God. And God gave her double portion. More than what she can even ask for, even think about. God gave it to her. Whew. That's a testament. That God will do the same for you if you keep the faith, if you keep believing. I know it seems like it's taking a long time. I know it seems like, you know, everybody's being blessed. And even if God is blessing people in a pandemic, God is blessing people. It may not seem like it, but God is. People have started businesses. People have come up with new inventions. People have had have received homes. People have received cars. People have been healed. People have been delivered. People have been set free. God is doing the work. God is doing the miracle signs and wonders. So it's not saying that God is not doing, but you have not activated your faith. And until you activate your faith, until you do that and actually put in the work, you'll still be waiting. You can't say that God is not doing it. God is not, has not done it for you because you have not proved that you actually believe that he's actually going to do it. So you have to check yourself and realize what is it that I'm not doing? Am I activating my faith? Am I, do I actually believe that the power of prayer works? Or I'm just saying it and not actually believing it in my heart. Both of those believing it and confessing it go hand in hand. Can't just say it and you don't believe it. You can't just believe and not actually say it out of your mouth. And they go hand in hand. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. So the next um the next um example that I want to go to, because again, we're talking about examples of the power of prayer. And then we just talked about Hannah. And the next uh, example that I want to go to is Elijah. Number two is Elijah. Elijah prayed for God to stop the rain. Elijah prayed for God to stop the rain. He also prayed for God to cause it to rain, for the rain to come back. 
And excuse me. The reference for this, because I'm just going to read a small snippet, but the reference for this is in First Kings chapter 17 through 18. If you want to read how um, the whole process of Elijah, First Kings uh, 17 and 18, um, for when Elijah uh, asked God to stop the, uh, stop the rain, and there was a famine, and then he asked God to for it to rain, for the rain to uh, come back. So let's go to James chapter 5, verse 17 through 18 in Amplified Version. James chapter 5, verse 17 through 18 in the Amplified Version. And it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, with the same physical, mental, and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. And he prayed intensely for, for it not to rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its crops as usual. My God. So he not only prayed for the rain to stop, he also prayed for the rain to come back. And God answered his prayer. He believed that God would do it. And it was it's, it's more to the story. That's how I told you to go to 1 Kings 17 and 18. It's more to the story. But it was different things that he pray, actually prayed for God to stop, to stop the rain. So that people, because people were being greedy. And they were starting to think that they, and they, they also was thinking that they can do things without God. And Elijah being the prophet, he's this, he's that, Lord. Listen, they're not getting the point. So God asked that you stop this rain and God provided for Elijah in that season. He made sure that he had he even used ravens who were unkindly, unkindly bird to make sure that he had all the food that was necessary. Make sure he had the water and even make sure that a woman, woman, and her son, she she had food and she was able to make bread using the oil that she had for Elijah. Making sure that even once you know certain certain uh, resource ran out, that she was able to have, he was able to have what he needed, and they were able to have what they needed as well. So God, just activating your prayer, activating, activating, using the power of prayer, activating your faith, and if it's in God's will, because a lot of times we want to <laughs> leave that part out. We want to leave that part out. Let's go back to that equation again: prayer plus faith. Plus God's will equals change, miraculous work. But we can't just pray, pray and have faith and, and believe it's going to happen. Because if it's not in God's will, it doesn't matter how much we pray. It doesn't matter how faith, how much faith we have. If it's not in God's perfect will for it to happen, it ain't going to happen. So you can pray all you want for a husband, but if they, that, that particular man is not in God's will, it's not going to happen. You know, God has permissive will. <laughs> he has his permissive will and he has his, his will that's for your life. Actual will for your life. So God would allow you to do some certain things in your life. But who wants to just, you know, God to just allow it to be happy? No, I want God's, I got, I want God's perfect will in my life. I don't want God's permissive will in my life. So again, prayer plus faith. Plus God's will will cause miraculous work 
it will cause miraculous works. You can't leave those, those any of those things out of the equation. So let's go to the last um, example. So again, we're talking about examples of the power of prayer. And we, um, we already talked about Hannah. And then we just talked about Elijah. And then let's talk about Jairus. Jairus. Jairus asked Jesus to heal his daughter. Jairus asked Jesus to heal his daughter. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Verse 21. I'm going to read through, um, through 42. Miracles and healing. And it says, when Jesus had again crossed over in the boat, to the other side of the sea, a large crowd gathered around him. And so he stayed by the seashore. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and seeing him fell at his feet and begged anxiously with him saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed him and pressed in around him from all sides. A woman in the crowd has suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much suffering at the hands of many physicians. For those of you that know about the woman who had the issue of blood, this is this was all happening all at the same time. And it says she has spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. She had heard reports about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe. But she thought, if I just touch his clothing, I will get well. Immediately, her flow of blood was dried up and she felt in her body and knew without any doubt that she was healed of her suffering. Immediately, Jesus, recognizing in himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in around you from all sides and you ask, who touched me? Still, he kept looking around to see the woman who had done it. And the woman, though she was afraid and trembling, aware of what had, what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to health. Go in peace and be permanently healed from your suffering. So let's pause right here. Jairus went to Jesus. Asked Jesus to heal his daughter. He said to Jesus, my daughter is about to die. So on the way to Jairus' house, the woman of issue of blood touches Jesus for her healing. So in the middle of Jairus <laughs> taking Jesus to his daughter so he can receive the miracles that he asked for, God, Jesus is taking his time. Well, actually, he was stopped in his tracks, really, to heal the woman of the issue of blood. So going back to how sometimes while we're waiting for our blessing, while we're waiting for our healing, while we're waiting for our deliverance, while we're waiting for change to happen in our lives and for our family's lives, we, we might see other people bless before we receive ours. We may see other people being blessed before we see ours. I'm not saying that God forgot about us. It just means that it's not our time and it's somebody else's time because, hey, they could very well. This this woman was waiting for 12 years to be healed. 12 years to be healed. 
So, yeah, she was waiting a long time. So, Jairus, not saying Jairus wasn't waiting as long as the women that issue of blood, but it could have affected him because his daughter was about to die. So we have to know that just because God is blessing other people, because God is what omnipresent. So that means he's everywhere. So it means that while he's healing, healing somebody in Italy, he could be delivering somebody else in America. While he's um, making sure that somebody is delivered in Spain, he could be doing the same thing in Africa. So it, it does not, God is, is limitless to what he can do. But so we can't, Focus. We can't be focused on everybody else. We just got to keep believing that whatever God has for me is for me. Even though I'm still waiting along the way, along while I'm waiting, God is blessing other people. It does not take away from the fact that God is still going to bless me. It just means that it's their time and not mine yet. But a lot of times we get jealous when other things are happening for other people. We're like, God, this is the same thing that I pray for. Jairus asked for healing for his daughter. And along the way, Jesus gave healing to the women with the issue of blood. He like me probably was thinking like, man, that's that's the miracle that I asked for. That's supposed to be to me. Jesus was like, your time is coming. So let's continue on. In verse uh, 32, it says, still he kept looking around to see the woman who had done it. And the woman, though she was afraid and trembling, um, trembling aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to health. Go in peace and be permanently healed from your suffering. While he was still speaking, some people came from the synagogue official's house saying to Jairus, your daughter has died. My God. Why bother the teacher any longer? Overhearing what was being said, Jesus said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid. Only keep on believing in me and in my power. And he allowed no one to go with him as witnesses except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue official and he looked with understanding at the uproar and commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing and mourning. When he had gone in, he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is sleeping. Huh, my God. They began laughing scornfully at him because they knew the child was dead. But he made them all go outside and took along the child's father and mother and his own three companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child's hand, he said tenderly to her, Talitha Kum, which translated it from Aramaic, means little girl, I say to you, get up. The little girl immediately got up and began to walk for she was 12 years old. I just caught that. The woman of issue of blood was waiting 12 years. The woman with the issue of blood was waiting 12 years for her healing. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. So the whole time, yes, the whole time that the woman with the issue of blood was dealing with her sickness, the moment she started dealing with her sickness was the moment that Jairus' daughter was born. Ah. 
That is so much significance. So God is saying, listen, I'm going to bless her because as long as your daughter has been living, it's as long as this woman has been dealing with this issue. So while I heal her, know that I did not forget your daughter. Jesus said she's not dead. She's sleeping. Oh my God. So the same time, we can compare ourselves to other people. We don't know their story. We don't know how long they waited. We don't know what they had to endure to get to this point. So all while Jairus daughter was healthy and then all of a sudden she has sickness on her body. Jesus is like, listen, she's been dealing with this sickness as long as your daughter has been alive. And Jesus says, she's not dead. She's sleeping. Huh. Watch me do what I do. <laughs> yes, Jesus. He said, watch me do what I do. You just got to believe. And all those naysayers laughing at Jesus when he said that she was sleeping. Because they was looking at the net, looking at it naturally. But they wasn't looking at it through the spirit realm, seeing that Jesus is already turning things around in the spirit realm. They lack faith. They lack faith. And that's why Jesus told them to get out. Jesus said, nah. We don't need no naysayers. We don't need no people to listen. Anytime people that is around you and you know what God said to you, you know what God confirmed in your life, and then they talking bad about you, they, listen, you need to watch your circle. Watch your circle. If they bad-mouthing you, and they looking at you crazy, and they laughing at you because you having crazy faith, then you need to seek God to see whether or not it's meant for you to let them go. Because you don't need no naysayers. You don't need, no, especially not in your close circle. Like you're always going to have people that are going to be, you know, talking bad about you, especially when you're doing God's work. But if they're in your close circle and they laughing and, and carrying on against you, do you need to let them go. You need to ask God for some new people to, to be connected with. So Jesus got rid of them. He said, no, nah, I, need, I need Peter, James, and John to be in this room. Because I know that I can trust them. And I know they're going to pray. And I know they have faith. When two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, therefore Jesus shall be in the midst. That's what the word of God says. And Jesus said, and watch these miracles take place. Now that we got rid of the naysayers, watch me do the work. Because, and that's why Jesus told Jairus, he told him along the way, he said, listen, don't be listening to them. He said, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Only keep believing. How many times has God said that to us? Every time we see a light bill, every time we see, you know, somebody else get married before us, every time we see somebody else get a promotion before us, every time we see that, you know, we're still feeling pain in our body and somebody else is healed. How many times we see somebody else's loved one um, get saved or rededicate their life and we're still waiting for our loved one to come back to Jesus? How many times has Jesus said, do not be afraid, keep on believing. Do not be afraid, keep on believing. I don't care how long you've been waiting. I don't care what people said. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. Do not be afraid, keep on believing. That is the power of prayer. Stop looking at what people are saying. Stop looking on social media and seeing all of this stuff. Listen. What did I talk about a couple a few weeks ago? Shut out the noise. Anytime you are in a season and you know you believe in God to do some things in your life and you seeing all of this stuff scrolling on Facebook, scrolling on Instagram, looking on Snapchat, looking on Twitter, you're spending too much time on social media. You need to be spending time in the face of God. 
getting in tune with them so that you are not being easily persuaded by what's happening around in the world, but that you keep your eyes focused on him and allow him to speak life. Allow him to strengthen you. Allow him to give you peace that surpasses understanding, all understanding. Allow God to give you what you need. But if you're so focused on everybody else, if you're so focused on what everybody else is doing, then you will find yourself in a position to forfeit your blessing. And that's why Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Keep believing. When Jesus tells you that, that let uh, that should let you know that he's going to keep his promise. He's going to keep his promise. And it's closer than you think. Because, and this is another thing, the fact that Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood should have told Jairus that Jesus was going to do the same for his daughter. Somebody else, you've been praying to Jesus to give you a car. If somebody, a friend of yours, or um, somebody that you know, a coworker, is being blessed with a car. That lets you know that even though it's not your time, that your time is coming. Your time is coming. You just got to do not be afraid and keep believing. Your time is coming. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. Let's go back to that equation again as we close. The power of prayer is prayer plus faith plus God's will equals miraculous work. When you have those three things together, there's no telling what God will do. He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think. Beyond our wildest dreams, beyond our wild, you know, our biggest prayers, beyond our visions, beyond it all. God will do more if we keep up with the prayer, have faith, and when it's in God's will. God will do miraculous works. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, do not be afraid. Keep on believing. Do not be afraid. Hello, Byron on Instagram. Do not be afraid. Keep on believing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So I do want to pray. I know the hour is late, but hey, God is not restricted by time. I can't have this... (laughs) this segment and not use the power of prayer and not use the power of prayer. I do want to pray over those that are tuning in over Laura, over Melissa, even on Byron on Instagram, over my mom, over those of Sister Max, over those that's been tuning in. Anything that God, that you believe in God to do in your life, know that God is going to do it for you. Keep on believing. So Father God, I pray right now, God, for all of those that have been tuning in, Holy Spirit. God, I ask that, Father God, that you continue, to, Father God, to be that, Father God, Lord over their lives, Father. Many of them that, Father God, has been trusting in you, God, have been praying, God, fervently, Father God. You said prayers of the fervent man, of a righteous man, avert, avert much, Father. So, Holy Spirit, 
Holy Spirit, God, I ask that, Father, God, that you hear their cries. I ask that, Father, God, that you would meet their needs, Father. God, you said you supply all, their, all of their needs according to your riches and glory. So, Father, God, if they need, God, bills paid, their Father, God, if they need, their Father, God, food in their table, God, if they need, God, healing, God, if they need deliverance in the name of Jesus, God, meet them right where they are, Father. God, I ask you to give them strength, their Father, God, during this journey. Give them, their Father, God, whatever whatever they need to make sure that they don't throw in a towel in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for Melissa, God. I pray for Laura. God, I pray for my mom. I pray God for Sister Max, God. I pray for those that we tune in in the future in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, God, for all of those that, Father God, that God, they seeing everybody else being blessed, God. They seeing everybody else, God, receiving God, what they've been praying for, God. But let them know that, Father God, that you never leave them to forsake them, that, Father God, that your promises are yes and amen in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray for Byron God, whatever it is that he needs, God, in this season, God, that you will meet him right where he is, that Father God. Show him, Father God, that you're faithful. Show him, Father God, that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore, God. Show him, God, that you never got forgotten his name, God. Show him, Father God, that whatever it is that God, that he's got requiring from you to show him, God, even God, if he has lacked faith, Father God. Show him, Father God, that you are the true and living God, that Father God, that he should never doubt you. Holy Spirit, God, we thank you, Father God, that even in this time, Father God, of voting, today is voting day, Father God, and many of us, Father, are believing, God, for change. Many of us are believing it, Father God, that, that change will happen, God, for our country, for the United States of America. So, Holy Spirit, Father God, whatever the outcome is, whatever the outcome is, Father God, may we continue to believe, God, that you are in control, God, because you're sovereign, because you're sovereign, Father God, and no matter what the outcome is, Father God, you remain the same. So, Holy Spirit, we don't put our trust in man, but Holy Spirit, God, we put our trust in you. God, whatever the outcome is, Father God, we know, God, that prayer, God, with faith, God, and with your will, Father God, will bring forth change in the atmosphere, God. May you rise up your people, Father Father God, to stand in the gap, that Father God, may you rise your people in the mighty name of Jesus, God, to not give up, God. May you rise your people, that Father God, to not be easily dismayed, God, but what's happening in their communities, what's happening, God, in their states and in their, their God, in their countries, Father God. May we put our trust completely in you, Father God, because you are in control, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Gotta come against God, produce brutality. Gotta come against Father God, the the um I'll come against the God, the loitering, God. I come against the looting in the name of Jesus, Father. I come against Father God um disasters. I come against Father God destruction, God, of God businesses. I come against God destructions that Father God of homes that Father God, because people, Father, are taking it out, God, on other people. But Holy Spirit, I ask that let that be order, let there be a spirit of love, Father God, let there be a spirit of unity in the mighty name of Jesus, God, in our communities, Father God. May we, God, as the body of Christ, God, stand in position, God, and be and shine our light, God, in the midst of darkness in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, God, we stand, Father God. We stand, God, before you, God, thanking you, Father, for change. Thank you, Father, God, that many people, God, that are suffering from police brutality, God, will no longer, God, will suffer, God, and no longer, God, be judged by the color of their skin, Holy Spirit. God, we thank you, Father, God, that many people, God, that have been suffering, God, in their finances, God, that change will take place, Father, in the name of Jesus. The justice will be served, oh, God, because, God, you're sovereign. God, you're in control, God. We look unto the hills from which cometh our help, God. Our help comes for you, Father. So God, we thank you, God. 
We give you praise that it's already done in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise that everything we believe, God, everything we pray for, God, because we have confidence, God, that, God, what we pray for shall come into pass, God, because it's in your perfect will. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you and we love you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. God, protect our minds, protect our bodies and spirits. God, protect our homes, God, from any harm or danger. May we have sweet, sweet sleep tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. That whatever the enemy God meant for bad, God, you would turn it around for good. Because, God, you get the glory and you get the praise, God, through our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, 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 glory, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and before I go, I do want to offer, for those of you that have been watching, and maybe you don't know Christ, maybe as I was talking, you realize that there is something missing in your life, that you don't have peace, that you don't have joy. And in the middle of this pandemic, you've lost your way. Or in the middle of this pandemic, you had time to reflect and realize that Jesus is who you need. You tried to do everything on your own. You tried relationships. You tried money. You tried, tried jobs. And when all those things were taken away from you, you realize that you need Jesus in your life because I promise you in the midst of this if it was not for Jesus I probably would have lost my mind because Jesus gives us peace Jesus is peace that surpasses our human understanding so know know that even in the midst and not saying that you're never going to go through and not saying that you're never going to experience hardship but with Jesus it makes it easier it makes it easier because God will show you the way, will give you what you need, even while you're waiting. So if you're ready to give your life to Jesus today and accept him as your Lord and Savior, say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, in my life. I ask that you come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart. I confess in my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried and you rose on the third day so that I can have life eternally. So, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I commit myself unto you and I will serve you for all the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, welcome into the body of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The best decision you're going to ever make in your life is giving your life to Jesus and making him Lord over your life. I promise you, it gets better. It gets better. I'd rather have Jesus in my life than to have huh, rubies and diamonds. He's better than all of that. You made the best decision in your life. And for those of you that may have known and had a relationship with Jesus at some point, but throughout this pandemic, throughout this time, and even before pre-pandemic, you allowed yourself to stray away from the things of God. And it seems like the moment that you wanted to come back, something else happened. And it seems like you just kept getting knocked three steps back. And it seems like you, you pride started getting in the way. And you just think that it was too late. But the fact that you're watching this, the fact that you're listening, is telling, it's, I should tell you. That God is calling your name. 
And he's telling you, daughter, son, come back home. Come back home to Jesus. It's not too late. It's not too late. Jesus is waiting for you. He's married to the backslider. Yes, he is. And you know, you know you need Jesus in your life. You already know that he died on the cross for your sins. You already know that he stays a living savior. You already know where he shed his blood for you. You already know that. So why don't you give your life back to Jesus and say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I made a mistake. I turned my back on you and I failed. So Jesus, I ask that you come back into my heart, come back into my life, be my Lord and Savior once again. I already believe in my heart. I confess in my mouth that you died for me. You shed your blood for me. So Jesus, forgive me, wash me, make me whole again, cleanse me again, renew my mind again. I surrender myself unto you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you pray that prayer of rededication, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Heaven is rejoicing. Holy, 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 heaven is rejoicing for you. Glory be to God. I pray that you continue on this path. If you need a help, whether or not you gave your life to Christ or whether or not you um, came back to the Lord, if you need help finding a church home, please do not hesitate. You can inbox me. Um, under Training Sharp, or you can go on I Am Imperfectly Perfect Facebook page, and you can go, you can go in there and inbox me as well to make sure that um, to make sure that you have uh, information on how to find a church home. I go to the River Church. My pastors are Pastor Charles and Pastor Tracy Williams. Um, there are other churches in the area, and even if you don't live in Pennsylvania, I can help you in some way or fortune way or uh, formation to help you find a church home because it's vital for your walk with Christ. I love you guys so much. Make sure you go to um, I Am Imperfectly Perfect's Facebook page to follow us. I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated. And make sure you go to Instagram. I have some Instagram followers on here. It's I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect if you want to follow us on Instagram. Um, we also have um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other channels if you want to listen to the segment rather than watch it that is available to you as well so make sure you let everybody know that um just look for imperfectly perfect live and it's available to you different people are listening in other countries and i'm so blessed and honored that god chose me for this platform i pray that you were encouraged and uplifted i pray that god continue to bless you and keep you i love you guys so much until next time on a perfectly perfect live i will see you guys next week have a good night